Hi, everybody, and welcome. We have an amazing thought leader with us today. Her name is Kara Golden. She is the founder and CEO of Hint, Inc., which is the manufacturer, creator, and brand developer of the most famous leading unsweetened flavored water in the world today. We love it, exceptional women awardees. And Kara has received numerous accolades. She has been named the EY Entrepreneur of the Year for 2017 in Northern California, and also as one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50. Kara was previously the Vice President of Shopping Partnerships at America Online, and she has her own podcast called The Kara Golden Show. Kara has written an amazing book. We absolutely love it. I've read it many times. I suggest everybody gets it. It is terrific. It's called Undaunted, and it is Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. It was only released in October 2020. It is now on the Amazon bestseller list and the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. Quite an accomplishment. We'll come back to Kara in just a few seconds. I'm Lorraine Siegel, the founder, chair, and CEO of the Exceptional Women Awardees Foundation. We founded this foundation to enable high-level, high-potential women to rise to meet their dreams. Why? Because I never had a mentor or a coach. And in my early career as a lawyer and then as CEO of a number of entrepreneurial companies, and even as a board director, there was never a mentor out there for me. And so I wanted to be sure that women who walked the road less traveled like I have would be surrounded with a network of women leaders who would support and advise them for the rest of their lives. And that's exactly what we do at EWA. So without further ado, let's go to an exceptional and extraordinary woman, Kara Golden. Welcome once again. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so happy to have you on the show. You know, we met a number of years ago in 2017 when you and I were both at the EY Entrepreneur of the Year of the Water Awards, Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, and you were the EY Entrepreneur of the Year for Northern California, which was a spectacular achievement. And that was 2017. So you were already in business from at least 10 years or maybe a little less than that. So how did it all start? Well, I, I started my company, Hint, here. I, I've got my product placement right here on, on my desk in front of me. Uh, it, I started it because I was trying to solve a problem for myself around my health. And I had been drinking diet soda for years, thinking that I was doing just fine because it's diet. Uh, so I thought it was better than full-fledged sugar soda. But when I had gained a bunch of weight and I couldn't get the weight off, frankly. Uh, and also I developed terrible adult acne, which uh, again was a stumper for me. I was really trying to change that about myself and my energy levels were low. That's when I started looking at everything that I was eating and drinking and, and the diet soda in particular had a lot of ingredients in it that I just didn't understand. And so I, process of elimination decided to cut it out and see what would happen and swap that out for plain water uh, the only problem was that plain water was so darn boring so I started slicing up fruit throwing it in the water for taste and that's when I realized that I had solved my health issues I had lost over 20 pounds in two and a half weeks 
my uh, skin cleared up and my energy levels were back. And I thought, I have to go to the store and find a product like this that doesn't have the diet sweeteners in it and all of the other stuff that I couldn't really understand that was in the drinks. And I looked for this pro product, Lorraine. I was shocked that I couldn't find it. I wanted someone to actually have this product on the shelf. And when I didn't see it, that's when I said, maybe I should go and start it myself and see what will happen. What's the worst that could happen? That's exactly right. And I think that's what your father used to say to you, right? What's the worst that could happen? And we always say to our EWAs, I always say, what is the worst that could happen? Is somebody going to die? And if the answer is no, well, then the worst would be a no. And you've had a lot of no's in your life and you've made them into yes, which is remarkable. So you have raised over these many years of being uh, in the development stage and now a huge success, you've raised over 70 million, Kara. And, you know, many women say that raising money is much more difficult for women than it is for men. And I love what you said in your book, you know, I've never been a man, so I have no idea. But in actual fact, has that been the case for you? You know, we've raised money a little bit differently than other uh, beverage companies and also other just companies in general. And primarily it's because we couldn't early on and I wasn't going to allow my, the no's to stop me. Instead, I kept looking for the yeses out there. We, I live in the Bay Area in Silicon Valley, so I definitely had the meetings through my connections through tech with many of the different VCs on Sand Hill Road and some of the other more prominent Silicon Valley investors. But what I realized is that when an investor has never invested in your industry and they don't really understand exactly your what you're trying to do, because in our case, we were developing a new category, it's highly unlikely that they will invest or maybe they will invest, but the terms are not exactly what you want as a, as a founder. So what we found is that we had many Silicon Valley angel investors who were reaching out to us and many fans of the brand who were reaching out to us as well. And so that's when we thought, well, maybe that's who should really invest in, in our product. And so today we have over 300 investors in the company. Uh, many, most, uh, if not all, are, are fans of the product and, and came to love the product even prior to drinking it. So. Money can be raised in lots of different ways. I think that that's the most important lesson that people should take away from this conversation, that it's not just about VCs or private equity firms. It definitely is about finding people who are passionate about your product and passionate about you, know, you as a founder and believe that they want to back somebody who they think that they can will ultimately go do it. And that's so true. You know, we have amongst our EWA women, we have a number of women in the food industry, uh, some in more startup mode, some in very large global companies. And it certainly is a challenging industry and it's one you knew nothing about. So it's remarkable that you, you have created a category really, which didn't exist before. And I, I remember reading about when Dasani came out and you didn't think that they were a competitor. What led you to believe that? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, th I was just talking about this this morning, actually, that, you know, as a, as a, whenever an entrepreneur comes up with an idea, 
they uh, they think, oh, no one's doing this, and that's a really good thing. But the challenge with that is that if no one is doing what you are dreaming up, the chances are that you're the only one, or maybe there's one other one that you learn about after you launch it. And so you might be creating a new category, which was the case of Hint. And I think that the challenge is, is without competitors, it's actually hard to stand out, right? You look like this you know, crazy founder that's come up with an idea, but since no one else is doing it, then the, the category doesn't look like it's relevant. And so I think that that was the most important thing that we learned. And ultimately when uh, Dasani was uh, the first one that we saw that came up with a competitive product, I remember thinking, okay, how long are we gonna be able to stay in business? Because Dasani, which is a Coca-Cola brand, uh, was coming after us, right? And what I learned is that they went in to some space that we had in a major retailer. And while it was disruptive and it was upsetting because our store space was actually cut back temporarily, they actually increased the relevance of the category. So they told the big stores that this is a big thing. I mean, we're, we're doing something. We're a large multi-billion dollar company. We're doing something to develop the category. So therefore it's relevant. So it's not necessarily the case that they're gonna crush you. In fact, it's more than likely if that is not their core business or what they're doing, they may be just testing the waters to see whether or not it's that great. And again, what you need to focus on is the things that you can control. You can control continuing to make a great product and also having enough money in the bank to sort of get to a point where people really understand what you have developed and why it's relevant. Yeah, you know what's interesting, Kara, and I think people, they must read your book because what most folks don't realize is when they see the enormous success that you've made now, they don't realize that for most of the years of the company, you were running on, on fumes. I mean, you barely had enough capital. You, you literally sold your house and put the money from the house into the business. You were under a very difficult um, situation and were personally liable for making it grow. And talk a little bit about that because that was a scary situation went on for years. Yeah, and, and particularly in the 2008-2009 financial crisis. I mean, here's an update, Lorraine. So I turned in the book uh, right before the pandemic. And, you know, I think that during, uh, during that 2008-2009 time in particular, I talk about that in a chapter in the book, it was really scary. We did put our house up and really bet everything on it. But we also, in taking that money, put terms on that money as well that allowed us, if we hit certain goals, we would be able to get some of these rights back, which we did. And so I think that that's something that you, the devil's in the details, right? As I always share with entrepreneurs that you really have to know that, you know, creating options for yourself and, and don't worry about the fact that maybe no one else has done what you did. Those are the most important things that you can set up at the time. But going back to 2008, 2009, I remember thinking, you know, one of the key things after that's, that whole time period was done was that we didn't have enough money in the bank and that 
you know, we had, we had, we really were running on fumes. And if we would have had more money, maybe we wouldn't have had to make those, you know, dire uh, decisions in, in a time when the world was kind of falling apart. When March rolled around this year, we had enough money in the bank to be in a, in a good situation. I mean, we, we definitely were growing, we were expanding. We had just gone into major retailers, including Walmart and Sam's Club and Aldi. And so we knew that 2020 was going to be a hugely um, magnificent year for us. And then the pandemic hit. And so the first thing that I did while we were closing down our offices and recognizing that the pandemic was upon us was call my CFO and said, listen, we need to raise capital. And he said to me, we're not going to be able to raise every all offices are closed. How do you think we're going to raise? And I said, technology cannot be a hindrance for us. We need to figure out how to use technology to go out and raise. And we need two years worth of money. And I think that the story that that is the biggest takeaway for you on on this or the the moral of the story, I should say, is that when challenging times happen for you, it's always great to look back, right? Look backwards to actually see what exactly happened there and what would I do differently? I wasn't going to make the same mistake twice. And so we went out and raised at the end of March to have two years worth of capital in the bank because we didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last. And so make a mistake once, but don't make a mistake twice. Absolutely. But you've done a lot of things right, Kira. First of all, sometimes, and I think you know this more than anybody, when something terrible or negative happens, you definitely make lemonade out of lemons without the sugar. And it's, it's something that you've done many times. For example, March 9th, very important date, your husband's birthday, my anniversary, but more importantly, something happened with Starbucks on that day. And what was the insight you got from that happening? Well, I think really for us that it was, I remember getting the news that we were going into Starbucks in the first place. And uh, it started with a few hundred stores. And then uh, over the next few weeks, it turned into chain-wide. So 6,700 stores. And we were really stretched. I mean, not only for trying to make sure that we were going to be able to make the product and do what we do, but also it was going to cost money. And so it was at a time when you know, every dollar counted and this had come up and how are we actually going to pay uh, to actually create the product, which is what we had to do even before we sold it to Starbucks. But when we finally heard that the date was uh, my husband's birthday, March 9th, we said, we have to figure this out. Let's just show up and let's just get it done. Roll up our sleeves and do it. And we did. That's amazing. And so, you know, this one of the things that you've done with, with Hint, which is very difficult to do, you have changed it from just a product to a brand. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the big guys do. So how did you do that? And talk a little bit about some of the other products that you now under the Hint umbrella are promoting. Sure. A lot of people ask me this question, when, when did you know it was a brand or how do you build a brand? And I think it really just goes back to having that relationship with the consumer and really understanding what problems are you solving for the consumer. And I'm a huge believer that you don't ask the consumer, what problems can I solve for you? Instead, you show them. You show them how you're going to solve these problems. And 
so when we started Hint, it was a water company. We were just doing still water with fruit in it and no sweeteners, so an unsweetened flavored water. Uh, that expanded into carbonated products and caffeinated products over the years. But a few years ago, I had a situation with uh, skin cancer, basal cell skin cancer on my nose. And it was at that point when I realized that the reason why I didn't wear sunscreen on my face was that I didn't like the consistency, the feel, the relationship with the, with the sunscreens that I had come in contact with them. And that was when I just decided that I would go ahead and create my own sunscreen that I had found a couple of sunscreens that I really enjoyed in dermatology offices, but they were 60 or $70 a bottle. And I thought, even if you can afford it, that's a lot of money for a sunscreen for one bottle. So I thought, how hard is this? How much margin is involved in this product? How hard is this to make it? So I went home and ordered all the ingredients. And that's when, uh, by accident, I had a little bit of fruit extract on my counter and I dropped a few drops in the sunscreen. And that's, that was the day that, that Hint Sunscreen was born. A lot of people ask me, did you always know that you were gonna expand outside of Hint? No, but the product needed to have a, a name for the FDA approval. And so I put it there as a temporary placeholder, not really knowing, I figured I can always change the name. And uh, so once we got the approval, we thought, let's just get it out there and see what happens first. And so the, the new categories were born from that moment on. And, and again, just one last thing, I think that the key thing is, is that we are not only helping consumers to find health, we don't do products that we don't believe are are better for you. And also, we don't do products that are out there already. There has to be some difference in the product. So we are disruptors. Uh, we are category creators. And we have not only our existing consumer in mind, but maybe, maybe consumers as a whole who haven't paid attention to the water category. Maybe where they're focused first for their own health is on sunscreen or deodorant or hand sanitizers. We will go in and solve the problem and show up there first. And our hope is that maybe we can solve a few other problems for those people too. Well, you know, our um, mission in the Exceptional Women Awardees is changing lives one woman at a time. You're changing it. lives one product at a time, which is remarkable. One of the things that is, is very important, I think, in certainly the perception of the world about you is what you've done with cars-related marketing. And I'll never forget, by the way, after the EY event, you sent me a whole case of Hint, and I was completely hooked from then onwards. So there is a lot to be said for that. Why has that been so helpful for you? Well, there's there's many causes that we I, that we are interested in. I think that again, it really goes back to our consumers. When we were first trying to get the word out about Hint, we didn't have lots of money to go out and do billboards and lots of advertising, and we really believed too that people had to taste the difference. And so, we started getting requests from some of our early consumers who would ask us if we ever did donations to fun runs and different events that were mostly related to health. And that's when we thought, 
gosh, maybe if we go to some of these events like diabetes events or breast cancer, maybe we'll find others that might be interested in our product and, and overall what we're doing. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, the biggest fans that we found are people that actually have a reason for wanting to find a water that doesn't have sweeteners in it. And they tell their friends and they tell their friends, but there's the stickiness that happens in, uh, in, in showing up at those events. And, and frankly, that's continued into a lot of the work that I'm even trying to do in Washington too, around clean water and, and things that where I'm showing up, that it's not just about causes on how do we fix things on, on in consumers' lives around health, but also how can we take our knowledge of what we have seen around water and help change those for everyone? Yeah, you know, we have a lot of LinkedIn users and other questions coming in. We don't have much time, but um, here is uh, Andrew who said, we just saw you interviewed. Well, that's great. I saw you on that too. And stocking shelves in Whole Foods, great insights shared. There's no doubt about it, uh, Kerry, you have amazing insights, but there's one story you mentioned on another interview that if you can do it very quickly in 30 seconds, uh, how do you build I a bookshelf? Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a, I can't do it in thirty seconds. It's, uh, a, it's a longer story, but I will. I'll do it an, on another time. How about that? Okay, sounds good. It's really uh, the story is about building a bookshelf for Jeff Bezos. So we're going to have Kara on again and do that again. <laughs> Diane Graham, yes, creativity, perseverance, and passion to help consumers. There's no doubt. You know, Kara, I mentioned at the top of the program that we both belong to a number of women's organizations. You know, EY Winning Women found women who are just starting their businesses and others who've already created tremendous success like yourself and they're very focused. The Committee of 200, which is a global network of of C-level women all over the world. I know you became a member in 2015 and I'm a past chair of the foundation. And it's, it's an amazing organization that really enables C-level women to come together. An Exceptional Women Awardees Foundation enables them to be mentored, where many of them may not have had mentors, and also, also as a peer-to-peer -peer mentor network. Why are women's organizations things that you spend time with, like I do, but what's, what's important about them for you? You know, I think that the key thing about those organizations is that I tend to find people who are not in my industry right, where I can learn from those people. And oftentimes it's experiences, but they help me think, right? They help not only support me when times are challenging, but they actually help me think about how can I hear their stories and hear what they've done and bring those into my own experiences. Yeah, you know, we have a question I'd love to put up uh, from Darlene of Austin. There it is. Uh, what advice would you, uh, you know this answer, what advice would you give to someone who's considering making a big change but is fearful of taking the leap? What do you think? Understand that you will not be successful in doing that if you don't believe yourself, but also that that you need to go out and challenge yourself, right? It's It's sitting inside of you and you will regret if you don't ultimately go out and do it. So I'm a huge believer that we all need to live a little bit undaunted and go out and and face our fears, uh, challenge ourselves, even if we think that we might not be able to do it, that we might fail, you won't be able to succeed and you won't get it out of your head unless you go out and try. 
That's true. Oh, we have Alma from Nashville. She wants to know what advice would you give on her? This is a tough one. On how to find time for work, home, and also yourself. It's a great question. I think that it's blocking time out for yourself. For me, it's first thing in the morning. So those first couple of hours, frankly, I'm really trying to reset myself and get ready for the day. So I hike every morning. For me, that that is really where my head allows me to get in the game and and uh, breathe in the oxygen and really help me to think. And I think throughout the day, I think also looking back on how much you've accomplished as well is such a really important thing. Don't take on too many things in one day because I think it's better to recognize how much you're accomplishing versus thinking, gosh, I didn't do anything today and getting yourself overwhelmed and frankly, a little upset with yourself. You know, that's so important. We have a portal which uh, encourages all of our EWAs to put up those small successes. And in mm -hmm. fact, there's been proof that there's adrenaline pump, a little serotonin goes to your brain when you see that. Do we have that? Can you put Mark from Boston up again? There we go. Oh, what was the hardest part of writing or telling your story? Uh, editing it down. So I, I wrote the journal about, started five years ago, it was my journal. And then four years in, I realized that I had over 600 pages. They weren't numbered. So I think that when I looked at it and finally thought, gosh, maybe I should actually bind these. A friend who's an author said, you mean create a book? And I thought, oh gosh, that's very scary to think about authoring a book. But I realized I had it all written, but actually editing it down. So, Lorraine, I may have another book out there. I mean, there's there's a definitely a lot that was cut, and in including that story, that Jeff Bezos story, where I, I said, no, not that one. There were a lot of those moments where I thought, ah, I, how can I get this down to 200 pages and cut out all these great stories? Well, that's why they have editors, <laughs> and editors who work for large publishing houses are really good with those very sharp pens. Uh, having had six books published myself, I can tell you it's wow. like having a child that somebody chops legs and arms so off. True. So <laughs> true. So true. Very hard productizing something that is so close to your heart. So, Josh Wolf, thank you so much. And I know that you're calling in from uh, Israel, so thank you for. Uh, a wonderful comment. So I don't think we have any time left, and I'm so sad about that, Kara, because I have a list of questions I haven't even started on yet. So if with your with your permission, we'd love to have you back. And I would I love it. Good. I cannot thank you enough on behalf of all of our audience and all of our Exceptional Women Awardees and our C200 friends who are watching as well, and from women, leading women in, who are uh, with the EY group, all of your fans are out there and of course customers of Hint. So good luck to you. We hope to see you very soon again and thank you for being on our show. Thank you so, so much. The show's not over yet because we want to tell you about June the 7th. We are going to have an amazing show with two of our EWAs. One of them is Trish Kinane. Trish is the president of Fremantle US, which means that she is the showrunner for American Idol and America's Got Talent. If you have any questions about that show, you need to come on to our show on June 7th and ask Trish. She is spectacular. And with her, we have Jennifer Cooper. Jennifer is the head of global media and entertainment for Microsoft 
an amazing role in an amazing company, one of the largest and most successful in the world, you will learn a lot from our incredible, exceptional women awardees. And of course, I always leave you with at least one question. And this one, I think I know the answer to if you drink hint water. And that is, have you given up sodas yet? Please send your answer to my email, which is on the screen. And remember that we have our own YouTube channel, which is EWA. We also have uh, Spotify and Amazon Music. We're on many podcast platforms, and this show will indeed become a podcast. You can see all of our past shows on our channel. And also, make sure to go on LinkedIn, give us your comments. We want you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, wherever you do social media. That's where we want to hear from you. And we look forward to seeing you on June 7th. Thanks so much for being with us, everybody. Bye now.